For much of the last year on this program, I have spent my time answering various questions about Christian theology and doctrine. For this episode, I thought it would be good to talk about Bible verses that I find encouraging. My list begins with a verse from the Old Testament prophet Micah and ends with a promise from Jesus. But before we get into this, please help me out. I want the gospel of Jesus Christ to reach as many people as possible. If you're watching this video on YouTube, please hit subscribe and that little bell icon to receive updates when I upload new content. If you're listening on the Gospel Saves podcast on Apple or Spotify, please consider giving me a five-star rating and writing a review. When you do one of those simple things, you help those big tech algorithms notice my content. I can't do this without your help, so please help me preach the good news of Jesus to as many people as possible. All right, let's talk about some Bible verses that encourage me. Let's begin in Micah 7, 8. Do not rejoice over me, my enemy. When I fall, I will arise. When I sit in darkness, the Lord will be a light to me. The book of Micah is one of my favorite Old Testament prophets. There are several moments in the book that really speak to me. Like his contemporary Isaiah, Micah's prophetic ministry stretched across several kings of Judah who were both good and evil, and consequently the nation followed suit. Sometimes they were faithful to God and at other times not so much. Punishment for their unfaithfulness was on the horizon. Judah had sown iniquity far too often to avoid reaping divine judgment. Micah 7.8 declares the intention of the righteous to accept the chastening of the Lord. The consequences for the nation's disobedience would be steep, and their enemies would find occasion to rejoice in their apparent demise. But Judah doggedly assures her foes that she will not go quietly into the night. Though all seems hopeless and bleak, Judah will look to the light of the Lord. Though they appear defeated, Judah will be delivered from her enemies, rising like a phoenix from the ashes, restored to her proper place and reconciled with God. When mistakes, trials, and troubles multiply, it is tempting to give up and give in. And it's especially tempting given the victimhood mentality promoted by our culture. We are encouraged to wallow in self-pity, to see ourselves as powerless against whatever enemies, real or imagined, are working against us. Such a mentality grinds our lives to a halt. We may feel conquered, but that's just an illusion. The Lord hears us and He will defend us and lead us into the light. The message of Micah 7-8 is, Get up, get moving, and God will deliver you. So when I'm feeling down or discouraged, I find inspiration in the message of Micah. No matter how bad things may seem, I just need to keep going, to persevere, to look to the light of the Lord and not on the surrounding darkness. Romans 8.18 is another passage that inspires me. For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. Written in the late 50s, the letter to the Roman churches was composed in a time when Christians were facing increasing pressure. Priscilla and Aquila hosted a church in their home, 
A couple of years earlier, they had been forced to leave Rome because they were Jews. Paul details many of the things he had suffered as an apostle in the second letter to the Corinthians. That letter was written within a few months of this letter to the Romans. And these pressures would only increase, particularly in the city of Rome itself, when, in a few years, the insane emperor Nero would burn down a large part of the city to make way for a new palace and blame the whole incident on Christians. So the audience Paul was writing to had known heartache and pressure and stress for the sake of Christ. To survive these trials with your faith intact requires, among other things, a proper perspective. Minimizing or trivializing the suffering would have been foolish. The pressure was far too real and the stakes were far too high. However, if the sufferings are framed within an eternal perspective, we gain access to one of the most powerful motivators, hope. The confident belief that what lies ahead is far better than what we experience in the present moment, hope delivers us through the most difficult trials. There may be someone listening to me right now who is going through an immensely difficult time. No two people and no two problems are the same, so I won't insult you by pretending I understand what you are experiencing. Nor do I want to leave you with false hope. Some folks will promise you that God will just wipe away all of your sorrows in the present because he wants you to be happy. Instead, I will share with you what I have come to understand in my own experiences. Following Jesus in genuine, trusting, obedient faith offers an eternal hope. No matter how bad things may go for us, and they may be quite bad and nearly unbearable, we can be certain that the glories of heaven will be far greater than our trials at present. The future that lies ahead is indeed far better than the present. So I find Romans 8.18 to be an incredibly encouraging verse. The sufferings of the present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory that awaits those who take up their cross and follow after Jesus. Colossians 3.2 and 3 is another verse that motivates me in times of discouragement. Set your mind on things above, not on things on the earth, for you died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. It seems to me the farther along I go in life, the number of distractions increase. As Scripture reveals, it is an unfortunate aspect of human nature to focus on things that just don't matter. And when that propensity is combined with the limitations of our attention— it's short, and we can only attend to a few things at a time. That combination creates a formula for real problems. So it's not as if what we are dealing with in the present is a new phenomenon. But it's quite possible, in fact it's probable, that we have more time on our hands than the vast majority of human beings who preceded us. Between 1860 and 2020, Life expectancy in the United States roughly doubled from 39.4 years to 78.9 years. And as we are wont to do, with more time on our hands, we have found more ways to occupy our time and distract us from what really matters. This is exacerbated by the social media attention economy that competes for our attention by using human psychology and sophisticated algorithms to keep us on their platform so they can make more money from us in advertising dollars. All of this means that 
if we are not careful, we can end up spending way too much of our time focusing on the things of this world. Certainly, there are things on earth that should concern us as Christians. The doctrine of Christ teaches us to be industrious, hardworking, to care for our families, to raise our children well, to be good citizens and compassionate neighbors, and the list goes on. But far too many of us are obsessed with the things of the earth that matter very little in the ledgers of eternity. What Colossians 3, 2 and 3 teaches us is, even though I'm here on earth, my life is safe with Jesus. If I'm struck with a terrible illness, I should not be concerned. My life is hidden with Christ. If I'm permanently injured by an accident, I can rest assured that my life is safe in Jesus Christ. Should the country in which I live become antagonistic toward my faith, I should not fear the persecution that awaits. I have already died and my life is hidden with Christ in God. So I should pull my mind away from what is happening around me and refocus my attention on eternity, because no matter what happens here below, my life is safe in Jesus Christ. The final encouraging verse I'll share is Matthew chapter 7, verses 7 and 8. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and he who seeks finds, and to him who knocks it will be opened. As I have noted on various occasions in the past, what people expect from God, and who they expect God to be, can be quite different from who God actually is. We think we know God, but in reality, some of us have created in our minds a God in our own image. Human desire complicates matters immensely. We can convince ourselves that God wants us to have something or to be something that, in reality, we just want ourselves, and we're using the God we've created in our heads to justify our desires. For too many of us, God becomes the proverbial genie in the bottle. I want this God. You say you love me, so give me this thing that I want. And what's sobering is we often don't recognize the selfishness inherent in our demands, how the God of our minds becomes an avatar of sorts for our self-centeredness. The Bible is pretty clear on this point. God only responds to our prayers if they are asked according to his will. John says this in 1 John 5, 14 and 15. Now this is the confidence that we have in him that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we have asked of him. So in order for God to hear our prayers and respond to our petitions, we must align our desires with the will of God. He's not a genie in a bottle to be ordered about to tend to our whims and desires. He's the creator of the universe, who we must come to know and understand through the revelation of his word. When we manage to align our desires with God's will for us, the potential that lies in the promise of Jesus in Matthew 7, 7 and 8 is staggering. When God's will is my will, and I earnestly, faithfully petition him, he promises to respond.
No request will go unheard. No question will go unanswered. And no door will remain closed. Now, it's worth bearing in mind that Jesus offers no timeline on when we can expect a response from God. It may very well be that there are some matters that can only be understood within the framework of eternity. As the old song says, we will understand it better by and by. But be that as it may, it is a comfort to know that when I seek to make God's will my own will, He listens and responds to my prayers. For everyone who asks receives, and he who seeks finds, and to him who knocks, the door will be opened. As I draw this lesson to a close, I'll leave you with a question to think about. When you're feeling down or defeated, what are the Bible verses that pick you up and help you persevere? Thanks for watching. If you listen to podcasts, please look up The Gospel Saves on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. While you're there, please help me preach the gospel by subscribing to the podcast, giving it a five-star rating, and writing a short review. Your subscription, rating, and review help other people to hear the good news of Jesus Christ.